Two guys in the morning on C101. I don't think Gary knows that we're, he's actually on the air right now. We came out of our commercial break, and yeah. this is what we're treated to it's cool. when you're about to do an interview with Gary Hoey. Yeah. Does it just make you want to take your top off? <laughs> hey, Gary. Hey, are we on? <laughs> yeah, we're on now. <laughs> Hi, guys. Sorry, we, Dan and I were turning into a couple of blues whores. <laughs> Good morning. We're f- front row blues sluts for you. <laughs> so, oh, I'll bring up my watt pedal. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay, hey, wait, just play me a little bit of Peace Pipe, man. You knew it was coming. Yeah, oh, man. Just a, just play, just, just a little bit. <laughs> Look, am I kidding? Yeah. Look yeah. at me. Yeah, yeah I, I see it. I see it. He's got goosebumps. I, yeah, that song, I don't know what it is. It uh, literally gives me goosebumps when I hear that. Look at that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Nuts. All the oh, hair stood fun. up. All the hair stood up in my arms. What, what wow. was your, when you wrote that song, Gary Hoey, just to let people know we're talking to Gary Hoey, longtime huge friend of the radio station. You've been uh, on the air here as long as I've been on the air here. So we're working on 29 years. Now, to, we were like teenagers when we met. <laughs> <laughs> when you when when you came up with that, what, what was it that uh, how how was that birth? What, how did that happen? You know how that happened. It's funny, and and a lot of musicians listening can probably understand what I'm saying. When you have the right sound at the right moment, and you play the right riff, it all comes together like harmony. It's like. Um, you know, it just was a happy accident. Like, I, I, you know, when I wrote that, I didn't even know what I was doing. It was just kind of happening. I was sitting in my bedroom yeah. playing guitar. I was heading out to the desert to record an album with uh, Roy Thomas Baker, who produced Queen and, uh, you know, all those bands. And uh, we were heading out to Lake Havasu in the desert, and I was leaving in about two hours. And I was sitting in my bedroom, and I was playing this. I was just going... And I had a delay. I'll try to put the delay on my, on my effect. And I was trying to get this delay thing to go. And that's all I was doing. And then I started adding this. And my wife, you know, wasn't my wife at the time. She walked by and she goes, what are you playing? I said, I have no idea. She goes, you better record that right now. And when you get to the desert, you better record that. And then I had a chorus that went. You know, so it goes into this major, yeah. uh, a major sound for the chorus. You know, and then it goes back to the minor. And we recorded it with the producer of Queen, Roy Thomas Baker. And he, great? He, I came into the studio and he goes, Oh my God, that's the most majestic melody I've ever heard. <laughs> it's so weird. That's a that's one of those things that, for some odd reason, I guess it speaks to a lot of people. And uh, what yeah. what uh, which one of your your albums is that from? Because the problem yeah. is in radio, you get these things, and they just it's called like, hey, that song's in the system. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you what album yeah. anything came from because it's just you look up a song and it pops up magically on your computer. Yes. 
and you don't really know much about it. The song's on an album called Bug Alley, yeah. uh, and it, the Peace Pipe song is on, on the album Bug Alley, and actually Brian Setzer from, you know, from Brian Setzer from the Stray Cats, yeah. he was actually on a song, he guested on a song with me, and you know, and, and if you look at the liner notes, it was produced by Roy Thomas Baker, Legendary Queen, wow. and, uh, and he made it sound like that, and it was a hit, you know, we had a hit on the radio with it, it was definitely a hit for us. You know, it's so funny as Bug Alley. I the minute you said that, I immediately pictured you the bug the and the neon-looking cover and whatnot. So that so that's <laughs> that's that's in. Uh, I can tell you that I that that disc is actually in my storage shed. You know where people hold CDs now after they burn them into their yeah, computers. Yeah, we had the bug. Yeah. with the antenna being yeah. like the bug on the front. That's so cool. We, I still see fans come to my shows with that T-shirt on, with the big bug on the front. They That's still awesome. come and wear them at my shows. I'm laughing. I'm like, okay. Are you? Do you feel like you're best known for your work with the Endless Summer 2? Because that's probably one of the most relatable to Corpus Christi uh, movies. And I remember doing the movie premiere for that, like at Cine 6. Mm-hmm. It was maybe a year after, a year or two after I arrived here. And mm-hmm. the theater absolutely sold out for the Endless Summer 2. And you actually yeah. scored the majority of that soundtrack for the film. Yes, yes. Is that, um, is, that yeah, one yeah. That, is that one that people mostly recognize you for? What do you think your most recognized work is? Because it's not just, you know, Ho Ho Hoey and a bunch of Christmas songs and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's uh, the depth of your work is you're like the guy that writes with and for everyone, but you may not be able to, to put your finger on how they exactly know you until they hear that melody or that song. What is the, what's your yes. best known body of work? Well, you know, for me, it's funny because I think it's, it's in a few places. I mean, obviously, if I didn't put out, put out Hocus Pocus, you know, I wouldn't have had a hit on the radio to enable me to do the Endless Summer 2 soundtrack. So everything mm. led to everything else. Um, and I think the, the Hocus Pocus thing, the cover put me on the map. And then when I did in the summer and we covered low rider and you know, and, and all these songs, yeah. it ended up bringing a whole new fan base in that I never would have had that's still with me to this day. And then when I put out the holiday music, it's weird. It brought a whole other audience that says, Oh, I, I didn't know you do music other than Christmas music. Isn't that great? <laughs> I showed up at a radio station. They thought I was going to have a cardigan sweater on and like big thick glasses. And I show up, I got like hair like Sonny and Cher. They're like, who's this dude? You know? <laughs> hey, which song uh, did you do in Office Space? Because, I mean, that's one of everybody's favorite movies right there. Where is your music in Office Space? Oh, well, you know what? Office Space was one of those funny things where we got the gig to get a couple songs in it. I yeah. kind of saw the trailer and everything. And, you know, it looked like a funny, quirky movie with a red uh, stapler. We had no idea it would become this cult phenomenon. Um, and I ended up getting two little instrumental cues in it. Um, one is, and, and ironically, we're talking about the album Bug Alley again. Really? They're songs from that album, because one of them was called Coasting, um, and it has a little riff that goes... I, I can't believe I even remember the riff. That's so cool. But it's called Coasting, and that's in the song. And there's another one, which is called The Green Room, um, which is when you're inside a wave, you guys know that. It's like the green room. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and it's, a, it's a minor thing, and it goes like, you know. <laughs> it's like it's kind of an eerie, like, minor thing. It's called the green room. So those are the two tracks that we got in uh, into the movie. I can't remember the exact scenes they're in right now, but um, 
But yeah, man, and and for many years now, every four months, we get some kind of a check from that movie. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? What is it like? I might still stay in college. <laughs> you know, with the with this uh, this Queen movie that uh, that came out, and everybody's just so wrapped up in it. Bohemian Rhapsody, just such a yeah. fantastic movie. What was it like for you? Were you in awe, or or was it just like a, the camaraderie factor with hanging out with somebody like Brian May? Oh man, you know it was for me. It was a, it was like a dream come true. You, you know when all that was happening, when my career was breaking, and I was you know getting on the radio and playing. Yeah. And 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 working with him was like you know the cherry on the the thing. I was like, okay, I'm going on tour with Brian May, like one of my guitar heroes, <laughs> literally growing up. Crazy. Uh, playing his his stuff, and uh, he he was a fan of mine, which you know was was amazing. Like, he loved my technique, and we would talk backstage, and he was so cool, so nice, and. Uh, you know, he would say to me, um, you know, Gary, do you feel like I'm pre- I'm repeating myself too much? I'm like, dude, <laughs> come on. You wrote the book on rock and roll, relax. He's like, you know, I feel like I'm doing that one thing all the time. And you do that flittily, flittily, flittily thing. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. And, and, and I would be like, dude, you know, just sit down and be like. <laughs> you know, I hear mother down and like. And uh, if you listen to my, my albums, I mean, it's it's so much Brian May. The way I put harmony together, even you know, from Hocus Pocus to the Christmas music, I layer my guitars just like Brian May. He was my he was my idol. That's so cool. Hey, who is uh, who's Steve Vai playing with now? And do you ever see him? Or I know you've you've toured with all these people like Foreigner, yeah. Joe Satriani, Dick Dale, Ted Nugent, and uh, Peter Frampton. And then you get to a guy like Steve Vai, and you go, okay, wait a minute. Where where has he been? Where where is he now? He well, Steve I, you know, he's a friend. I mean, he actually took some time off. There was a period of time where he just kind of stopped. He was doing some other stuff. He wasn't touring much. Yeah. And he came back. He came back on the road and he's been doing this thing called Generation X, which is him and a few guitar players, kind of a multiple guitar bill hmm. that he does um with like Nuno from Extreme, okay. um, Ingve, and I think I forget everybody else in it, but um, I haven't been able to do that with him, but, uh, yeah, he's going out and doing that and, you know, he's doing great. You know, he's, um, he's, he's awesome. You know, he's such a great guitar player and, and I just feel like he's getting better. And now I love that he's bringing in, you know, this guitar show. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's doing his own thing. Is there anybody that you hope to play with here? We'll get to, I mean, obviously you have, this is the, today is your neon highway blues release. This is happening yeah. today. Your so t- tell me where people can get a hold of your latest and, and explain to me just a little bit about that. Yeah. The, well, the new album, neon highway blues is kind of a continuation of my blues rock, you know, journey that I've been on the last few records. And, you know, I grew up on the blues and, and it's just something I'm feeling good playing. And this new record, um, if they go to GaryHoey.com, we have actually autographed uh, vinyl and CDs available if they want. And, and, the, and the album comes with a download card where you can download a full version. And then it's on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon. It's everywhere. And um, it's a mixture of kind of old-school blues with some rock in there. You know, we put in some heavy songs, too. I think there's a bit of a Zeppelin feel on some of the stuff. Yeah. Um, and my 17-year-old son, Ian, is actually playing on a song called Don't Come Crying wow. to me, which is not about his allowance. Um, <laughs> but he's, um, he's turning into a phenomenal blues rock guitar player. <clears throat> he, he's got my sound. It's crazy, dude. Speaking of Peace Pipe, you should hear my son play Peace Pipe. He learned it. And uh, he's he's following in my footsteps. Um, wow! And my daughter's a painter. She paints incredible portraits, and she's going to UNH, 
New Hampshire, uh, University of New Hampshire as an artist, and That's she's an so amazing funny. painter. It's <laughs> so funny to talk to you because I remember, I remember when your kids were born. They're like, well, you my, do. You oh remember when God. I was kidless. <laughs> <laughs> I was single and ready to mingle. No, yeah, <laughs> when you you cut your hair because you're like, oh man, I got kids. I don't have time to play with my hair. I gotta, <laughs> I need to cut my hair shorter over here. I gotta cut my hair, and man. I thought I wouldn't be able to play guitar after. <laughs> so it's a, it's a pretty gutsy move for somebody like you because you don't write or produce music for the radio. You really do these things, what, for yourself, and then if something happens to wind up on the radio, you're cool with it. Because it's, it's, uh, there's so many people that are told by the record company it's got to sound like this, and then by the time that they hand you back your body of work, you don't even recognize it. Is it, is it, uh, yeah. Has it made life harder for you to not be so prevalent on the radio, or, or are, things, are you just cool with that? You know what? I think I'm cool with it. I think what it is for me is, you know, if you be realistic, you know, if somebody asks me, Gary, you're all over the place. You know, you do Christmas, you do blues, you yeah. do rock, you do metal, you, you write for ESPN Sports, you, you know, you're all over the place. Why, you know, it, they asked me if, they, if I felt that hurt my career. Yeah. And I said, honestly, it saved my career because you, for me, there was two reasons I changed all the time. One is because I'm a real I love change. I get bored doing the same thing. I love trying different things. I love being challenged, but I also need to survive. You know, I have two kids and, sure. and a wife, and I. And so what I do is when I go, okay, this ship is sinking, this ain't working, I'm bored, my fans are probably bored, let me try something different. And then I go to do something different, but I always use my, you know, my soul as the thing I need to feed. And the turning point for me was after the album Utopia, I think it's one of my best albums in terms of just melodic rock songs that I wrote. I, I put my best lyrics, my best songs I could on that album. And at that moment, I said, you know what? I can't compete with, you know, Nickelback or whoever it is anymore mm. and be trying to get a hit on the radio. Yeah. That album is full of hits. But um, I said, you know what? I got to still make great music that I love and I can still just kind of, you know, uh, go play it live and, and use that live source as where it is and be realistic i'm not saying it in a negative way but be realistic you know um that i might not get you know songs on the radio there's only so many slots you can get on on commercial radio and it's going with the new artists the young up-and-coming people and good for them you know and i feel like i can be happy um you know finding a niche playing the blues you know what i mean doing festivals doing live shows Talking to friends like you guys uh, on the radio, yeah. you know, means the world to me because at least the fans that know me can say, "Oh, Gary has a new record out," and uh, and I'm cool with it. See, I, I think that's you're probably one of those artists that being, uh, you know, purely artistic and uh, not singing. It's all instrumental, and you're probably one of the most played artist that makes it on the radio without ever having a lyric so i mean that's really something that's really something huge too i mean yeah. you're not singing in the yeah. songs but i hear them and i know you do sing and you do tour and you, yeah. you do all you, you're a great singer but thank you man by and large the majority of the songs that we will play on the radio they are all instrumental so i think you're winning in that category actually you know, it's uh, you know, absolutely. I, I I'm happy. You know, when I when I wrote music for bumper music or whatever it was, instrumental music yeah. that we did the first Christmas album. My manager and I said, hey, maybe maybe the DJs can use this coming in out of commercials. Like we were 
not even trying to get hits on the radio. <laughs> we were just making music because we love music and we love DJs. You That's know? funny. <laughs> maybe I can. Maybe we can play this as the background music for Rex's penis jokes. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, it's really funny. Uh, we're like, hey, man, we don't need a hit. We'll just be the background, you know. And, and, and in a way, that was a hit for me because, you know, people were calling the station going, who's that guy playing that weird Christmas music in the background? <laughs> well, you don't have any times that I've started a story with, why, pal? Then we whip into the story. <laughs> All right, tell us again here because I know you got another, you got you know, a bunch of uh, interviews lined up, and I think we only have you for like another two minutes here. But tell me. We got another four minutes. It was a four. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> Because we we reset look at the clock we reset the clocks right here for the time change, and I think we're off yeah. by a few, so four minutes is great with me. So the the new uh, the new disc is called Neon Highway Blues. Now they can download it, but they can buy a hard copy also if they want. Correct? Yes, they can download it. And um, I wanted to mention some special guests. We have a guy, a, a great guitarist named Eric Gales on the record. Um, he's an amazing guitar player. If people don't know Eric Gales. He's one of my favorites right now in the world. And he played on this really funky tune that goes. You know, it gets this great funky groove. Yeah. Um, and then there's a song with uh, Lance Lopez from Texas, my buddy. He, he played on the song. It goes. You know, it's got like the Texas groove to it. Um, and then uh, a, a great guitar player named Josh Smith, who my fans don't know. He's an amazing blues guitar player. He's a, uh, Joe Bonamassa's favorite guitarist, and he runs his all-star jam on his big cruise things that he does. And Josh came in, man, and did this, like, you know. <laughs> you know, that just bluesy, jazzy, sick guitar player. And then, of course, Ian Hoey. You know my my sidekick. Uh, he he's just he's great on the record. Now, when you when you come up with these things, because now this one is is primarily a blues uh, album. Have you thought about doing? Uh, I mean, because I'm sure the the genres are just throwing themselves at you. You could do, you know, Gary goes country if you wanted to, or <laughs> Gary Gary Hoey, purely the '80s, and do like the most obnoxious '80s songs. And I think it would be hilarious if you put like a rock and roll groove to like, oh, Mickey, you're so fine, you're so fine. Gary Hoey just whipping that one out. <laughs> is, is there a dude? Is, I'm into it. Is there a genre that you <laughs> that you uh, that you that you won't touch? Is there something you're like, eh? or do you just feel like, okay, this is in my heart. I'm going to do blues now. What do you, what do you think is next for you when you get bored well, with this? Well, I feel like the blues, you know, like on if. If people listen to the last couple records, I made sure there was still plenty of rock. You know, yeah. it, it, it's not it's not an album full of shuffly blues. It's a lot of rock and like Zeppelin the way they would do. You know, like one of my songs is like, a, you know, we try to have riffs and stuff. But I, you know, I could see doing some '80s stuff. I could see doing like. See, so there you go. You know, I could see breaking into some Sharona. I mean, just doing some crazy stuff like that. So I'm in, man. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, we'll buy. I'll buy that one too. All right. So you know, we'll have to, again, you can get the we gotta uh, some Van Halen. We got to put Van Halen. Well, in yeah. We got to put some. Uh, I think we'd have to do a little bit of like, you know, maybe some like. <laughs> Oh man, I, I'm one of those people. I just sit here and listen to you play all day. 
I, I, I want to be your sidekick. When I retire, I'm coming down there. I'm going to buy a house, and I'm just going to be your guy's like like sidekick dude. You well, just point, and I play. Well, well, we'll probably both be working for the rest of our lives, so that probably will never happen because I'm in radio and you are everywhere. So we'll just keep doing what we're doing until they stop right, until they right. stop paying us for it. So one yeah, more time, so we need to put the link on our website yeah. uh, so we can check out uh, Gary's new Neon Highway Blues. Gary Hoey joining your two guys in the morning with uh, Neon Highway Blues. It's out today, and you can get it everywhere, correct? Yes, it's everywhere, thank God, because we're on a real record label, and I'm very thankful for that at my age. Nice. But I want to tell you before I hang up, you know, you and me, we, we love what we do, and that's why your fans love you. And, uh, you know, but we do keep waiting one day for somebody to go like, hey, hey, it's time to get a day job. Come on, get out of there now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't, seriously, I thought, blessed. I thought I was going to get fired like nine years ago. And they're like, oh, no, no, come on back in. It's cool. Um, as, long as, as long as my key works in the building, then I'll just keep showing up. But thank you well, so I much. I will tell you one thing. You're, I got to run. You are amazing. You do, brother. And I mean that from the heart. Thank you for all the years of support. And you are one of the best. Gary, we uh, we love you so much, and thanks for uh, being a friend of the radio station since the beginning of time, my friend. We hope and, to and, and ho- tell Dan he tell Dan he's not too bad either. Uh, thanks, man. He's all chilling out <laughs> over here. I'm sure you remember Dan if you saw him from oh, yeah. uh, from one of the, your uh, one of your many C101 C sculptures That's appearances. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Dan's my cool. other brother from another mother. That's him. I love it. you there guys. You go. I'm gonna run. There you <laughs> go. Man. Hey, man, enjoy the rest of your interviews. You've already you've already ridden the the big ride today. You rolled you rode the big roller coaster first. Everything you know, it's all downhill from here, Gary. <laughs> well, we did the best. Forget the rest. See you, bro. Hey, man, we'll talk to you later.